I badly want the Miami Hurricanes football team to instantly be elite again in 2022. But I also want to be realistic. You are Locked on Canes, your daily podcast on the Miami Hurricanes. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome in. I'm Alex Dono, your host of Locked on Canes, University of Miami alumnus, South Florida sports radio vet, including most recently post-game and pre-game for the Miami Hurricanes radio network. And thank you guys so much for making Locked on Canes your first listen each and every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcasts. And hey, we are also free and available on YouTube. Our YouTube channel is just eight days old. We're already growing so fast. So audio podcast is great, but keep in mind you can also see us in addition to hearing us on our Locked on Canes YouTube channel. My friends, I wanted to answer some burning questions from our listeners on this episode because there's a lot of heavy stuff we need to unpack heading into the 2022 season. And again, like I want to remind you guys that for as much as my expectations have gone up for next year based on the coaching staff the transfer portal, recruiting. Rome wasn't built in a day, okay? So we're going to answer some of your biggest questions heading into next year, and I'm trying to get to all the questions we received. I think maybe a couple might have come in a little bit too late here, but this was a good one, and this is all-encompassing from LM Sports Talk, who asks us, how much immediate impact does the coaching staff have on this roster? If the coaching is as advertised, then you're talking about mine. My 10-win prediction might be off. And I think he means off isn't too low. <laughs> he says biggest concern from him, uh, from LM Sports Talk, is do certain players finally live up to their abilities and do we have enough depth to survive the season? I'm so glad he asked about depth because even if he hadn't asked that, I would have still answered that question on this episode because I think that's a really important one. But let me start with coaching. I absolutely think coaching can make a big difference. Uh, and Miami has also added a handful of players in the transfer portal who I think are ready to make an immediate impact because that that's one of the cool things about the portal. I mean, a lot of people hate the transfer portal because it's too much like NFL free agency, but... I kind of love the transfer portal because it's like free agency where, listen, in recruiting, you're adding people, 18-year-olds who come in, and it takes a little while usually. I mean, some players are just so great from the jump, but it usually takes recruits, you know, a year or two to kind of find their footing, whereas you get, you know, a 21, sometimes 22-year-old in the transfer portal from another big program, and they're ready to hit the ground running and make an instant impact. I think Miami has added a handful of those guys. But honestly, like, if, if LM thinks that, my prediction of 10 wins isn't bullish enough. <laughs> I don't know about that, man. Because if I see Miami improving from seven wins last year to 10 wins this year, which won't be easy given their schedule, I would consider that a gigantic leap in one season. So you talk about players having to live up to their abilities. Yeah, we tend to kind of assume that guys who started to flash in 2021 are going to continue that trajectory in 2022. That's not always a fair thing to predict. I think it is probably a fair thing to predict on Tyler Van Dyke because 
he continued his great fall last year into a great spring. His leadership is unquestionable and undeniable. But yeah, Tyler Van Dyke has to live up to his abilities from last year, despite losing his top two receivers from a season ago. People like, I'll throw a few names out there. Tight end Will Mallory. He needs to look elite for a full season, not a half season. Because let's not forget, in like September, October last year, there were a bunch of games where, and you could blame it on quarterback play, play calling, whatever, you can make excuses, but for about half the games last year, Will Mallory looked invisible. And then in the other half of the games, he looked unmarkable. So he's got to look that way for the better part of a full season, okay? Um, yeah, I talked about some of the transfer portal guys. I've got high expectations for Caleb Johnson, the linebacker from UCLA. Miami desperately needed more, just more pop at linebacker. So he's got to live up to that coming in as an instant transfer. Akeem Mesador, to name another one. I, th I think he's going to be the single most impactful transfer player from West Virginia, the defensive lineman. But he's got to live up to that, okay? Um, you know, I think... James Williams, number zero, is going to end up being as good as any safety in the country this year and next year. So he needs to continue on that trajectory because he had some freshman mistakes last year, some poor tackling, um, you know, had some 15-yard penalties thrown on him for unsportsmanlike stuff. He's got to clean up on some of those emotional things. But I think this guy has the ability to be the next great safety at Miami, but he's got to prove that. And when you talk about coaching, I think the biggest single unit impact that coaching can make and I'm banking on this for a lot of my predictions because I can sit here and tell you that I think Miami is going to win 10 games next year but if this area doesn't clean up they're not winning 10 games they're winning eight or nine games at best if we can't make this offensive line better and I think a lot of that is going to come down to coaching. They have added some personnel. Mario Cristobal snagged, you know, a couple of the guys like Jonathan Dennis and Logan Sagapalu that he was coaching in Oregon. They're not dramatically different, though, that unit from they were from what they were last year. But um, and this is not just me saying this, because I've had uh, in recent weeks, I've talked to on this show, a couple of former Canes offensive linemen who follow the program very closely uh, like Casey Jones, who joined us a little while back, uh, everyone that I, and Rashad Butler as well, everyone that I talked to, former players who played O-line, analysts, they do think that Mario Cristobal, who's former offensive lineman and offensive line coach, and Alex Mirabal, Miami's O-line coach, who's one of the best in the country, that that group can considerably make the O-line better in one season. Like, I'm not saying they're going to look like the Alabama Crimson Tide O-line next year, but, you know, for people always ask, like, how much is it personnel? How much is it coaching? I think we're going to find out because this is going to be among the best coached offensive lines in the country. So if they're not good next year at all, and if they don't improve 2022 from 2021, you're going to have a pretty good idea that that's more on the personnel than on the coaching because this coaching is proven, man. Let's see what happens. Um, so, you know, when you talk about depth is the other part of LM's question that I think is really important to get to. And this is absolutely a burning question. And this is why when I started the show, I said, I badly want Miami to make the jump to elite in just one year, but I want to be realistic. And part of that is because of depth. Okay. We saw Miami in one off season go from under Manny Diaz last year, what I, 
I would call that like an average, maybe to slightly above average power five coaching staff to be generous, to say slightly above average to suddenly an elite power five coaching staff in one off season. Right. Even if some people watching this are like, bro, you're overrating Mario Cristobal game day, coaching this, that, and the other um, best recruiter in the country. And when you think about having people like Josh Gaddis coaching your offense, Charlie Strong coaching your linebackers, Kevin Steele coaching your defense, even if some of you watching this are like, oh, you overrate Mario Cristobal way too much. If you're talking about that staff as a whole, and I like Cristobal, but if you talk about the entire staff, that is an A-plus staff, okay? So you've gone to an elite Power 5 coaching staff in one year. Now, for years covering college football, I've always said when a new coaching staff comes in and, you know, you think you have a better staff, a better head coach than you had the previous year, how long does it take for them to truly make their footprint on the program? And historically, I've always said that if you're if you're bad, you fire a coach, you bring in a new coach, how long is it going to take to give that coach time to turn around? How long of a leash do you give the next coaching staff before you start asking the hard questions, Right. Like, how long are they on scholarship for? I used to always say that it takes about three years of cycling in recruiting classes before you really see the imprint of a new coach. It usually would take about three recruiting classes. But I do think that the transfer portal does accelerate that process a bit because you can put Band-Aids on areas of need more quickly. Right. Like, oh, your linebackers and your offensive line are not very good. Usually, you know, we're talking four or five years ago before a lot of guys were transferring before the portal. It's like, okay, we can recruit great linebackers, but they may not be great for two or three years. It's going to take this long. I think the transfer portal accelerates that a little bit. It's not a substitute for organic recruiting. So let's say if I would say in years past, it takes about three seasons for a new coaching regime to truly make their imprint. I'm going to say maybe you can accelerate that up to two. Okay. So still, if you're talking about Miami potentially being a college football playoff team in the short term, and I know a lot of hurricanes fans are hoping for and expecting that at some point in the next handful of years under Cristobal, the hurricanes will be one of the final four, or if they expand it final eight, whatever, but let's just say final four for right now, under no circumstances, unless a lot of things just go right for you. Um, realistically, they're not going to be in that conversation in 2022. I think 2023 at the very earliest. I do expect improvement this season, but if they're able to like win the ACC and get themselves in that mix, that's going to be icing on the cake for me. That is not an expectation for me. So we're going to answer more burning questions on the other side, including. I'm going to lay it down and explain it like I'm explain it like I would explain it to my four-year-old son. What makes John Ruiz's NIL money different from a lot of the other NIL money out there? And also what a Josh Gaddis offense in orange and green is going to look like next year. My friends, I want to remind you. Built Bar has helped me revolutionize my nutrition and fitness. I am so thankful for Built Bar. I have dropped 53 pounds since October, and a big part of that for me, guys, was replacing my candy bars because I have a sweet tooth. I was eating a lot of junk. I replaced my candy bars with delicious, nutritious Built Bars. 
Summer is coming. And with summer, you're going to need some food on the go. Built Bars are the perfect snack to take with you on family vacations. I've got a family vacation this weekend. We're doing a long weekend up at Disney World. I'm going to throw some Built Bars in our bags, in my four-year-old's backpack. I'm going to make sure that everyone in my family has a bar so we are fueled for our summer adventures. You want to know the best part about Built Bars? Yeah, they're healthy and they taste great. No more sacrificing delicious food for your health. With Built Bar, you can have both and it's easy. All you need to do is go to Built.com and order now. All Built Bars and Puffs are covered in 100% real chocolate. That means with Built Bar, you can eat healthy and actually enjoy doing it. Have you tried those Puffs yet, my friends? We are all going crazy in my house for the Puffs. They come in crazy flavors like banana cream pie. My kid loves that. Even churro. Who doesn't want a protein bar that tastes like a churro? And they're only 140 calories, so sign me up, man. If that's not enough flavor for you, then you might want to try the Mix Box. I would recommend this to anyone who's trying Built Bars for the first time. Try the mixed box, which comes with 12 flavors and bar of bars and puffs. Then you decide what your favorite is, guys. Most Built Bars contain just 130 calories, only 4 grams of sugar, only 4 net carbs, and 17 grams of protein. Compare that to a candy bar, which usually has around 240 bloating calories, 30 grams of sugar, dozens of net carbs. Go to Built.com to get all your favorites banana cream pie, raspberry, double chocolate, yes, and so much more. They're delicious, and new flavors are coming out all the time. Check them out at Built.com. So go to Built.com and use our promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your order. Use our promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. Thank you so much for making Locked on Canes your first listen each and every day. We're available free wherever you get your podcasts and available free on YouTube, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. And I love talking to Canes fans every single day. VLKV, who's a regular on our social segments, he asked me, I feel like a locked on groupie, he says. Is that what we should call our fans? I don't know. The the, lock, the locked on junkies, the locked on groupies uh, that VLKV says, did you see John Ruiz on with Paul Feinbaum? Yes. Uh, Feinbaum pretty much had to bow his head in acknowledgement of how different life wallet is from collectives and 501c3s. He says, oh, and also I'm burning to see what Miami's offense actually looks like. Let me tackle that first because – NIL also ties in with another question I wanted to answer. Um, so, okay, for Miami's offense, I, I liked their coordinator last year, Rhett Lashley, um, and I liked the spread because that's just been the future of college football. I think you're going to retain some elements of that, but it's going to be it's going to be more balanced under Josh Gaddis. And listen, for as much as we liked Lashley, if you go by credentials and resume, Miami upgraded. I mean, you've got someone who was the sitting offensive coordinator at Michigan who were in the playoff last year, and he leaves Michigan to come be the OC at Miami. Um, that's not the type of hire Miami usually makes. Like you're, you're talking about a, a lateral move from a program that is arguably bigger than Miami to leave there as OC, come to Miami to be the OC. It's, it's, a, it's a huge hire, and I love this hire. Um and so the big thing for Gaddis, so we'll talk about some of the numbers from Michigan last year. He is going to add more balance between run and pass to this offense. Um, 
I don't think that's a bad thing for Tyler Van Dyke because I think more balance is going to make everyone better, him included. It's going to make it easier for Miami to operate on third down when you don't have so many third and longs. So don't think because Miami's having more success on the ground in the next couple of years that that's going to take a lot away or anything away from the quarterback position. Uh, Miami, they've got a very strong running back room. So a lot of this is going to be dependent on the offensive line and how much better they can be through coaching and scheming. But when you talk about depth at running back, Miami absolutely has it. You added Henry Parrish, Jalen Knighton, who is your really explosive guy. He was your leading rusher last year. He's back. Thad Franklin, who looked really good in the spring game. Don Chaney, you've added Trevante Citizen uh, into that mix as well, a true freshman. We'll see how much he sees the field. Like, is Miami going to go five deep at running back? Probably not too often. Um, so if, if you go back to last season at Michigan, and this is a really exciting when you think about the possibilities, and I don't necessarily think you're going to have stats this high for the running game, but Michigan last year had two running backs rush for at least 900 yards with leading rusher Hassan Haskins rushing for over 1,300 yards. I think it was 1,327, something like that. Miami's leading rusher last year, and there there was a lot of um, a lot of fluctuations and in injuries in the running back room. But still, Miami's leading rusher last year was Knighton, the rooster, at 561 yards, okay? Now, credit, when you talk about balancing the pass and the run, I got to credit um, David Lake from Inside the U for some of these stats because he did a great job breaking this down. Um, Michigan last year, their play breakdown, uh, running plays on 59% of their downs last year and passing plays on 41%. I think Miami will be a little bit closer to 50-50 just because of the quarterback play this year. Um, but the yardage though, the yardage at Michigan, I mean, this is the kind of stuff you geek out to. Right. When you're talking about how to run a well-balanced college football offense, 214 rushing yards per game and 228 passing yards per game. So the yardage is almost identical at 50-50 at Michigan. So, yeah, those numbers, both sides, the play splits and the yardage, I think is going to be swayed more towards the passing game because Tyler Van Dyke is a better quarterback than Cade McNamara. So the passing stats are going to be higher. But what's really encouraging about Josh Gaddis, and this ties into one of the question marks on Miami's football team, he got Michigan's overall offense and passing offense rolling without a standout wide receiver. I would argue not a standout quarterback either, but the big thing is we don't know if Miami has a standout wide receiver. And with this offense, it may not really matter with the way that Michigan spread the football around with Gaddis. Michigan last year did not have a single wide receiver or running back, tight end, anyone who caught passes. They did not have a single receiver over 39 targets last year. Miami, for example, had Charleston Rambo at 119 targets. So he had, what, 80 targets more than anybody on Michigan's team last year, which is just insane, okay? So, yeah, if you're concerned about Miami uh, losing Rambo last year, and also Mike Harley, who was the number two receiver, and who's going to step up. Miami may not need like an elite guy. They may just need good balance, right, to get the passing game rolling. And listen, I if there's any prayer, I would love to get Jordan Addison 
in Miami from the transfer portal because if if my concern level for the uh, or if my confidence level I should say for the receiving core right now is about like a 6.5 if you could get Jordan Addison here my confidence level would be about a 9.5 like he makes that much of a difference but assuming Miami doesn't get Addison and they probably won't I think they could still be in good shape and the other thing about the receivers is um you know if if you ask Tyler Van Dyke who's a little bit biased towards his guys um you know the spring game the spring game was not normal that was an aberration all the drops that we saw in the spring game he says it that um that was not a pattern throughout spring practices he thought it was a little bit fluky so I hope that's the case now let me go back to NIL for a second and we spent a lot of time on it yesterday so I'm not going to spend a lot of time on it today um but so my wife watched yesterday's show and she she did it just to support me because she's not an avid sports fan. Like she she's a Miami alum like me. She roots for the Canes. She doesn't know anything that's going on when it comes to NIL recruiting. She doesn't follow any of that stuff. Okay. So she was watching my show yesterday. She had a lot of questions. Okay. Because I keep talking about how, you know, the big money that John Ruiz and Life Wallet are spending on name, image, and likeness, how that money is different from the money that a lot of collectives spend. And so she asked me, explain it to me like I'm five, okay? So I, I think here's the simplest terms I can put it in. The biggest difference between Life Wallet and the, by the way, the more John Ruiz talks about this, the more people actually start to understand, because I think he made Paul Feinbaum understand, Colin Cowherd saw sang the praises of Life Wallet last week. So I think he's understanding that Miami, Life Wallet, they're doing everything by the book, right? Now, if people have a problem with NIL, period, that's one thing. But you can't say that Ruiz, Life Wallet are doing anything wrong. So here's the big difference between Life Wallet and a lot of the other quote-unquote collectives around the country. Life Wallet, as a business, as a business and entity, Life Wallet would exist and continue to exist whether or not NIL exists, okay? Even if college football had the same archaic rules that they had up until less than two years ago, where no one was allowed to profit from name, image, and likeness, Life Wallet would still exist. Life Wallet's existence is not dependent on NIL. Whereas many of the collectives out there only exist for the sole purpose of paying players. They were created literally to pay players. You get it? You have a real legitimate business, SEC approved, versus loopholes to help recruiting. Now, does Life Wallet help with recruiting? Yes. Does John Ruiz want to help make Miami's football and basketball teams better? Yes. So I'm not saying that he's doing this strictly to help his business. He doesn't care about the foot. Obviously, he cares but he's got a business that would exist regardless of NIL. And that's the big difference where a lot of the collectives, not all of them, because I'm sure that there are other legitimate business people, you know, paying name, image, and likeness money to players. It's it's not all fraud, right? But there, there are a lot of collectives out there that only exist to be collectives and to pay players. And I think that's the big difference here, okay? All right, I want to get into potential ACC realignment when we come back. So keep it locked to Locked on Canes and keep it locked into Rock Auto. 
With the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, guys, it's now impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts you need. Why would you endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questions like, hey, is your Honda Odyssey an LX or an EX? And wait while the person behind the counter orders the parts on their computer, choosing the only brand that their warehouse happens to carry? Well, you have computers with access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket, so you don't need to rely on the chain stores anymore. Save time and money when using Rock Auto. Don't we all want to save money? Why would you choose to spend 30%, 50%, even 100% more in some cases from a chain store or a car dealership for the same exact parts? Example, Honda Odyssey fuel pump is $353 from a chain store. At rockauto.com, only $216. That's a big saving. Rock Auto is a family business serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years. Rock Auto prices are reliably low for every customer. I think saving time and saving money is incredibly important. So here's what you do. If you need parts for your car, go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. And then write locked on in their how did you hear about us box so they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices. All the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. Thank you so much for making Locked On Canes your first listen each and every day. Uh, we get this question from James, and uh, man, I'm so glad he brought this up because I wanted to cover this a little bit. Uh, if the ACC moves forward with doing away with divisions and having five rotating opponents per year and three permanent opponents that you play every single season, who would Miami's three permanent opponents would be? God, that's a good question. Because I can think of two of them easy. The third, not so easy. And by the way, the ADs, including Dan Radakovich of Miami, they seem to want this and they they make it. It's not imminent. Like it's not going to be announced this week or next week, but it seems like this could be a reality really soon. Um, I think the division thing is kind of pointless. Um, I'm fine with rotation. You get more variety, but then you you, you have three permanents per year. So for Miami, Florida State, that's obvious. Permanent opponent every year. It's been, you know, already. Keep that. I would go Virginia Tech as my number two because, you know, it's been fun in the ACC playing them in the Coastal every year, but that goes back to the Big East times. Like Miami and Virginia Tech used to be the big eaters in the Big East before they both came over to the ACC. So keep Florida State, Virginia Tech. And then the third, I, I've seen some people say that, you know, it should be Boston College or Pitt because those are other former Big East rivals. I don't know. Like I never, I, I don't, I, I don't feel the same sort of like need to play them every year. Like I do with Virginia Tech. Like I, I mean, I, I guess maybe BC or Pitt. I think for my third permanent opponent, I'd probably go UNC. Maybe it's just because they've had Miami's number in recent years and I'm bitter, but I don't know. I, I, I wouldn't like, I, I, I feel, I feel a certain way about them, like a certain amount of like rivalry type hatred for UNC that I don't feel for a lot of other teams in the ACC outside of Florida state. Now you can call me a coward for not wanting to play Clemson every year, but I, you know, Clemson and Miami don't have any sort of historic rivalry anyway, right? I don't know. I, I feel like, if you if you want my vote, I feel like Florida State, obvious, Virginia Tech, pretty obvious. And then I'd probably go UNC as the third. So you guys can let me know in the comments what you think. Uh, and before we wrap it up, 
I do want to mention when we talk about Miami's receiving core not having, you know, necessarily an elite number one option, uh, they are going to be hosting somebody in the transfer portal in the next couple of days. Jalen Robinson, who's one of the top receivers in the portal from UCF. Now, this is not Jordan Addison, who's instantly, you know, is Blitnikoff winner, one of the best in the country. Um, Jalen Robinson, though, would be a really, really sweet deep threat. He's small, five foot nine, 180 pounds. Uh, but in and now I'm not going to include 2021 because he was injured most of the year last year. But in 2020, 979 receiving yards, six touchdowns on 55 receptions. This guy is a burner, was targeted 87 times that year, uh, was second on the team in targets to Marlon Williams. Uh, so Robinson and, and here are his deep numbers, by the way, from 2020. 11 of 21 deep shots caught for 464 yards. That ranked 10th most in the country. He was credited with catching 7 of 15 contested catch opportunities. So, I don't know. To me, it would make sense. You've got one of the better deep threats, at least in the transfer portal. You know, really, really good deep receiver, burner. And one of the best deep passing quarterbacks in the country. You don't have to leave the state of Florida if that means something to you. That seems to me like it could be a match made in heaven. We're going to have a lot of fun on tomorrow's show as well. By the way, if you're if you're a Canes fan, because we're, you know, I've only been doing this show for about five, six weeks, and we've been spreading the word out there. YouTube channel, audio podcast. If you have friends who you think are interested in daily Miami Hurricanes content, let us know they can find us here on YouTube and on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Odyssey. Locked on Canes every single weekday. And we'll be back hitting you again tomorrow and Friday as well. So thank you so much for making Locked on Canes your first listen every day. Now make Locked on ACC your second listen. Get all your daily ACC news in less than 30 minutes. It's free and available wherever you get your podcasts.